I'm Rachel. And I'm Tristan. And this is the X-Files on the Grid, an X-Files rewatch podcast where we go through every episode of the X-Files and rate it on a special grid rating system. If you're interested in learning more about that grid rating system, you can check that out over at grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's Gritty Films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y films.com. Uh, so this week on the episode, or this week on the podcast, I should say, we're going to be talking about the episode Deep Throat, Season 1, Episode 2. Um, and this is actually a, a bit of a re-rewatch for <laughs> us, because uh, we recorded it probably like two or three months ago, because we kind of, yeah. you know, batched up some some episodes in preparation for, for releasing the podcast, and I went to, to start editing this episode today in, in preparation to release the episode and realized the file was all wonky and uh, pretty much That's the technical unusable. Term, it, is the, it is the technical term. It, it was just all wonky. Um, yeah. so, so we decided I, I could either spend hours and hours and hours sifting through the uh, messed up file to fix it, which was technically possible, or just record it. And uh, you were gracious enough to uh, be willing to re-rewatch the episode and uh and record a second review it's a good episode so it's a good one yeah so this is going to be a little bit interesting because we obviously we filled out the grids uh like like i said two or three months ago um i didn't uh, add any notes when i rated it the first time so i I have the grid and 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 we just rewatched the episode um, so this is going to be a little bit of, of trying to remember why I rated it the way that I did. And I know there's at least one uh, one subcategory that I'm going to change the score on based on some things that I saw. That's a rookie mistake. You didn't leave any notes at all? I didn't. Yeah. This, this whole experience was a little bit of a rookie mistake, but, you know, it happens. It's only the second episode of the podcast. Um, so anyway, so that said, um, do you have any any memories or um, associations with this episode, um, aside from the fact that this is the second time? <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, I watched this like a month or two ago <laughs> for a podcast. It was super awesome. Uh, I remember bits and pieces of this from when I first watched it as a kid when it was on the air. Sure. Uh, and I've seen this uh, it, five, six, seven, eight, nine times because I watched the early episodes so many times. Yeah, me too. But other than that, no, not really. All right, uh, that, that's pretty how about much, you? I was supposed to say that's pretty much about the same with me. Um, definitely have seen it a bunch of times. Definitely remember um, some things more than others. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really about it. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I but I know I've seen it many many times. Yep. So yeah, that's all I got there. <laughs> um, on that note, should we delve into the grid? Yeah, let's delve. Delve right. on in. <laughs> uh, so the first uh, umbrella category is going to be the writing category. Uh, there's five subcategories here. The first of which is mythology character developments. Uh, what did you think about this category? The mythology and character development for this episode, the second episode of X-Files, is outstanding. I think it really, really shows the difference in how Mulder and Scully are approaching the X-Files and their day-to-day job. Because it's easy to forget that this is their job. Yeah. And Scully definitely sees it as her job, right? She wants to fill out the paperwork. 
She wants to minimize how much uh, expense reports they have to fill out. She wants to get home at a decent time and take a bath and watch some TV, get to bed on time. <laughs> at uh, like 8.30. Yeah, yeah. She falls asleep so early. And uh, a change into some more comfortable denim. Yeah, so much denim. And then uh, Mulder is just like, no, this is my life. I'm, I'm going to just give up everything. This is my life. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. That's pretty And I, I think that really shines and shows through and the interaction between the two of them. When Mulder's like, oh, you got pictures of UFOs? Yeah, I'll buy them. I'll buy them all. Yeah. And Scully in the background is like, oh, you're such an idiot. Yeah. She even leans in just like, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he kind of is. Yeah, and every time Mulder like, oh, there's more? Give me more. I want it all. Scully's like, god damn it. We were just about to go home. I just want to go home at a decent time. <laughs> yeah. And I think that really shined and it really uh, uh, was very visible and really enjoyable. I agree. I especially love uh, there's the scene where um, uh, Mulder's talking to the guy who they think is a journalist at that point. He's yeah. Like, it's like, so if, if someone wanted to talk to some of these UFO nuts, yeah. where, where <laughs> <laughs> Scully's in the background, like just sighing, yeah, and like like, like fists on hips, like yeah, uh, yeah. Just, yeah. just no lines or anything. Totally in the background, just just yeah. making these faces. Like, come on, we were so close to going home. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I pretty much agree with with everything you said. I definitely love the the character development, especially you see. You know, early Mulder and Scully interactions, knowing you know where they're gonna head, and and just the the, the relationship that forms there, and seeing those you know the early beginnings right. of that, and it's so well formed, and yet they still have so far to go, and just the the banter between them is phenomenal, and just um, yeah. you know just all of that within the character development. Like you said, like their their priorities are different, their personalities are so different from the very beginning. Um, so all of that is fantastic within character development. Um, but then with mythology, mythology with this episode, yeah. yeah, you have, you've got introduced Deep Throat. We've got, um, you'll see UFOs or at least yeah. technology using UFO um, technology. And, you know, you've got one of the most iconic shots of the entire series of Mulder on the runway looking up at the, at the UFO. And um, so just as far as mythology goes, like, I, I would argue that this episode does more for mythology, aside from, like, the character development type mythology. But as far as the alien mythology, yeah, this definitely. is more than the pilot. Like, it's it introduces government conspiracies. It introduces, well, I guess that's the main thing. I mean, it introduces UFOs, yeah. but within the context of this, you know, there's this big conspiracy of, of the government hiding what they're doing and, and testing on these pilots and uh, so I thought the, the mythology especially for the second yeah. episode of the series episode two. yeah crazy. and for a series that that is so built on like the monster of the week formula they very easily could have jumped in with you know like squeeze which is the third episode yeah. they very easily could have just jumped into something like that which is great and fun those are some of the best episodes I love it um, but to start so firmly with the mythology is just a perfect move for this show um, and then to slowly ease into the more monster of the week things and then sprinkle mythology in like it's just just the distribution of the types of episodes yeah. like from the very beginning they've nailed it on the head they've got it um so i definitely love all of that as well um, and this yeah. is actually one now that we're sitting here talking about it i had originally given it an eight out of ten um, which is at the very highest of the exceeds expectations but i agree with you it was outstanding um past rachel was wrong 
Um, so I think I'm going to knock it up to an 8.5 out of 10 because, um, like you said, it was outstanding. And yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not sure what. I'm sure there was something very specific that passed me saw that was like, oh, I don't think I can quite give it outstanding. But I, think, I didn't see it this time. I think the <laughs> denim really, really bothered you. I think it was like a minus half point at least for every single subcategory just for seeing Scully wearing a denim shirt. That didn't bother me too much, though, because I don't think she was wearing jeans, was she? She was, they weren't that noticeable. It's the mom jeans that bother me yeah. more than the denim shirts. All right, okay, so you give it an 8.5? I am, I'm knocking it up. Originally it was an 8, I'm knocking it up. I'm trying not to do that too much because I don't want it to just be a completely different grid, yeah. um, but I honestly can't think of why it would um, just exceed expectations and not be considered outstanding, because especially All for right. the second episode, it's outstanding. It's good stuff. Yeah. I agree. That's why I give it a 9 out of 10. All right. So the next subcategory, plot structure and pace. What uh, what are your thoughts on that? So plot structure and pace, um, I think the, the pace maybe felt a little bit slow at times. Uh-huh. Um, not necessarily. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say I was bored. It just kind of felt like a long episode. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that partially contribute again it's kind of hard to go back and put myself in the mindset of of past rachel um but i think the the pace is probably what drags the score down a little bit um uh, which which i would agree with and and as far as plot structure goes i thought it was pretty solid um and i definitely love all the different pieces that you have like you you know you have the the seth green character and his his girlfriend yeah. which is great like you've got that dynamic going and then you have the the reporter, and then you have the reporter ends up being, you know, works for the government, and then that dynamic changes, and not Mulder and Scully and their dynamic, and and you have just, you know, there's the diner scene, like it's just very, um, all the different elements of the plot work very well, yeah. both separately and combined together, yeah, um, which is the the recipe for a great plot structure. Um, so as far as plot structure goes, I thought that was really, really solid. I think the the pace maybe just got dragged down a little bit for me. Um, and I'm debating if I should knock this <laughs> score up too, but I don't want to just change everything. So I'm thinking about, about leaving it. Sure. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. Yeah, I guess I should probably say what's, since I was dancing around it, I gave it a seven out of 10. Um, which I don't know. Let's, let's hear what you have to say. And maybe I'll change my mind. Okay. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree, but I'm very happy with the score I gave it. And I remember why I gave it the score. Uh, and so now I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> All right. It's true that certain parts uh, seem maybe a little low energy or it kind of drags on a little long or there's like a long stretch without much action or, or excitement or something. But I think that's just the nature of this kind of episode. This episode is about gathering clues. It's about talking to this guy. It's about talking to that chick. It's about talking to this other guy, this other chick, this person, that person. It's about gathering clues and, and piecing things together, which is not as exciting as running from aliens or shooting guns or jumping out of buildings that are exploding or or whatever kind of crazy thing happens in other things, I guess. I don't know. I trailed <laughs> off a bit. But anyway, um, plot-wise, it totally makes sense. And everything fits together very well. Everything flows very well from scene to scene. And, and 
like they're looking into this, which leads them to that, which leads them to this other thing. And I think that all fits together and it flows very well. It was very well structured. But there's not like, there's very few high stakes moments. There's very few, oh, are they going to make it out of this alive? And I think that's acceptable for this kind of episode, which is really about figuring out the puzzle. Makes sense. And there's a few moments of drama here and there, like when Scully was fighting with the reporter guy over the gun when she took his car. Uh, but those are all like in, in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Last five minutes, probably. So I, I agree that this uh, the the pacing could be a, could feel a little slow, like emotionally or like uh, viscerally, like your adrenaline kind of dies off a lot in this. It's not a high stakes, high adrenaline thing, but I think that's I think that's appropriate and totally acceptable. And I'm okay with that, but I still gave it seven out of ten. Exceeds expectations. Okay. Here I was thinking maybe I should bump it up, and then you gave it the same as me. So I I guess I'll leave it the same. I was considering bumping it up, but I don't want to alter it too much from, from what it was before. All right, so it sounds like we both pretty much agree. I feel like I could go a little bit higher, but in the interest of maintaining the original rewatch, I'm going to keep it the same, especially since we both got the same. That seems like a sign. Um, so, yeah. so 7 out of 10 for both of us. Um, so that's going to bring us to the outer goal versus emotional needs subcategory. Um, and this one I, I originally ranked, uh, well, I say originally, I, I'm probably going to leave it the same, but I, I ranked it really high. Um, and I'm not entirely certain why. <laughs> if you had to rank it, uh, rank it anew, rank it for fresh, would you give it the same score? Higher, lower? Probably lower. I gave it really high. Remember, this is um, episode two. I mean, I think that's of a probably TV show. If you don't have to like be condescending, come on now. It's yeah. called X Files. <laughs> I think I think that's probably why I gave it so high. I think I was thinking of the the emotional needs being um, particularly interesting for such an early episode. Um, but that said, I mean, uh, and I think I remember saying this the first time around, which is why I didn't give it an even higher score, is that um, Scully really has has no no emotional stakes in this episode sure. at all. Like like you said in, in some of the last categories, she's very much so like, this is my job. I want to go home. Like that's her outer goal. Right. It's like let's wrap this up. Yep. And which which I like. I like that that's their dynamic. But there's no emotional goal whatsoever there for no emotional need for her at all. And then even with Mulder, um, I think he does have some emotional need. Um, potentially, he wants to find answers about. Sure. Uh, see, I don't. I, th I think it's a stretch. I think you can tie it to his search for his sister, um, which we don't know about. No, we do yeah, know about. He talks it, about yeah. it in the pilot. That broken neck scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely talks about it in the pilot, um, but not in this episode. And and I don't know. Um, because he does make a very clear distinction of, like, these aren't UFOs, these are military ships built with UFO technologies. Like, right. he's the one making that distinction, so I don't think it's, you know, it's not his search for aliens that drives him in this episode. So I, I would argue that he doesn't really have much of an emotional need either. Um, so I feel like I, I rated this a bit high, um, but 
I'm going to leave it because I don't want to, I don't want to alter the past too much. Let's, <laughs> let's not play God here. <laughs> um, but yeah, but as far as the emotional or I mean the outer goals go, I do think that's very solid draw. I mean, you definitely have Scully with her very clear agenda. You have Mulder with his very clear agenda. You have the government with their, yeah. like everybody has very clear outer goals and they're interesting and well-developed and they make sense. You don't have any of the like, oh, here's a bad guy who's evil for the sake of being evil or right, like, oh, right. here's the good guy who just wants to do the right thing. Like everybody has sure. their own motivation for doing everything they do. And I feel like we get a decent explanation for that. Um, Deep Throat remains a mystery, but that's the whole allure to that character is that you never know his motivation. So I like that we don't get that. Um, and the government um, a little bit. Maybe that verges on the evil for the sake of being evil, but I think it's very much so they're protecting their secrets. Yeah, from um, their point of view, they're the ones who are saving us. Right, and the guy even says at the end, the not reporter guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> says like, you know, we're, we're the things we're protecting need to be protected. You're the one who acted inappropriately. Yeah, acted and, inappropriately. Exactly. Yeah, and there's a part of me watching that episode. I'm like, yeah, they trespassed on government property. They should be arrested. They did act inappropriately. And then it's like you take a step back and it's like, yeah, but what is the government hiding? Like, right. so it's like I can see both sides of it. Where it's like, like yeah, they did act inappropriately. But it's like, no, but like they're on the side of truth and they want answers. Right. But maybe it is worth hiding. But then where do you draw that line of like, what can the government hide from the people and what can they not? And who makes that decision and why? And is it really good? For, like so much gray area. Um, so it's just interesting yeah. from that perspective. And I really liked that exchange. Um, that doesn't really play. I got a little off topic. <laughs> it doesn't quite play into, into outer goals and emotional needs. Um, but I really liked that moment quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. I thought this uh, did a, uh... This episode did, uh, a, once again, an outstanding job, spoiler alert, an outstanding <laughs> job of outer goals versus inner needs. Like I said earlier, and like you said earlier, uh, we can clearly see the difference in personalities between Mulder and Scully. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is outer goals and how much of that is inner needs, because I think Scully is still not on board with the X-Files... Uh, Mantra? Agenda? Uh, yeah, she does not want to believe. Let's put it that way. There we go, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's like an inner goal of hers. Maybe her inner goal is just like the career career path. And Mulder's like, yeah, whatever. Career path is just a means to an end of finding the truth. I mean, I think those would both still be outer goals. The inner need would be like the, like, why does Scully want to advance in the career would be more of the inner need. Is it an inner need to prove that she can? Is it an inner need to yeah, okay. her parents-ish? I don't know. Those are both four examples, but I don't no, know. Are, okay, I get it. I don't know. I just think this very strongly showcases their outer goals. Absolutely, I agree with that. Uh, I think it sort of doubles down on Mulder's inner need. Yeah. Like, he's just going to risk it all. He doesn't care. And he's going to, like, take every leap of faith. Like, oh, this stoner yeah. tells me to run through this uh, uh, field of landmines to find aliens. All right. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> That's my plans for tonight. Don't even need to sleep. I'm high on enthusiasm. <laughs> That's Mulder right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess Scully's 
emotional needs, inner needs, are not super present in the first few episodes. We really don't see much of her inner needs for, think, for quite a while. I think that develops more over time. Mm-hmm. And I think it ends up being much more complicated and interesting yeah. than Mulder. I agree, 100%. But in season one, episode two, it's not really that but our character is still fully developed. She still has clear outer goals. She's still an interesting character. So I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I don't think it is. I think that, um, like in music, there are certain songs where uh, maybe uh, an instrument like the bass is not very prominent for the first few measures, but then like the bass jumps in, and then later like the song is mostly centered around the bass. That's a weird analogy for people who aren't <laughs> super into bass. But I think that's kind of like this, like just because the first 20 seconds of a song don't have the bass doesn't mean that the boat, that the bass is, is um, unimportant or, or delegated to second class or whatever, or, or, or the guitar drums or whatever. And it's the same thing, like just because the first two episodes aren't like, look at Scully's inner needs doesn't mean that she doesn't have them. Doesn't sure. mean that the show doesn't recognize that. She could be sort of like a slower, more complex, more interesting character. Yeah. Which I I actually think she is more complex and interesting than Mulder. Oh, yeah. Overall. I mean, I love Mulder, but yeah, Scully is yeah. a much more interesting character. But anyway, that's just me saying that just because Scully's, uh, her inner emotional needs are not on display like dirty laundry for the first <laughs> however many episodes. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I agree. I agree with that. So what was your final score for this category? I give it a nine. I actually... I actually did too, um, which seems really high, um, but I'm going to trust past me and, and go with it. And after talking about it, I feel a little bit more confident. This one seems a little bit high. Um, I feel like maybe past me... Um, interpreted things that I like because <laughs> I, I bumped up the mythology score a little bit yeah. and I feel like I could easily bump down the outer goals versus emotional needs to make it the same total uh, which I'm not gonna do because I'd rather bump things up than bump things down in retrospect like if I see something positive I'm like oh I don't think I noticed that before I'll give a little bump sure. but if I thought something was really good I don't want to be like nah it's not as good as I thought it was um just because that doesn't seem in the spirit of the grid. Um, I don't know. And this is this is a very this is a weird second episode and a weird um, situation of of re rewatching it. Um, so that's going to bring us uh, to the next subcategory, which is going to be genre cliches and tropes. What did you think of this category? So the genre cliches and tropes was kind of a hard one for me to pinpoint. Because I feel like this is one of many, many, many examples where this is the origin of the trope. This is the cliche. This is where it came from, or at least where I was first exposed to it, or or where it burst into the uh, wider consciousness, other than like sci-fi nerds probably read things (laughs) about this or whatever. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird to uh score it on that i suppose like it just seems to me a lot of the uh the military's keeping secrets but these are still good people like 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 they're good 
good men and good housewives in, in this example, not necessarily in general, but in this example, like they're, they're good people, but they just got kind of screwed over and, and the, like the military is hiding it from us and the government's hiding it from us. And I don't know. I just feel like a lot of these tropes um, showed up in X-Files. Or at least that's where I was first exposed to them, which I already said. But having said all that, which was not very much, um, I give it a 9 out of 10. Outstanding. All right. I think it, it perhaps invented this or perfected it. And it did it very, very well in this episode. You can't even trust the reporter who's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to expose the truth. Like, that's the person you should least expect. <laughs> I suppose. I I disagree with you that these these tropes are new. I think, I think X-Files was one of the first mainstream uses of some of these tropes. I could see that. Um, but I definitely think, and what I'd like, I believe I talked about this in the pilot episode as well, is that especially throughout season one, we see a lot of episodes that take um, a lot of different genre elements and merge them together oh, into what okay. will eventually um, become, like you were saying, like an X-Files genre in and of itself. Mm. Um, but it takes like political thriller you know, genre mm. tropes of, like, you can't trust anyone. Everyone's out against you. Like, that's very present okay. in this episode. And you have things like, uh, there's the moment where um, Annette, was that her name? The uh, the housewife? Or was that, I don't know. I... Flower dress woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ho- housewife A take, <laughs> takes Mulder and Scully to see housewife B. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that scene. And it's like, almost like a not quite Stepford Wives that's right, not right, quite right. but like that very like I guess it goes back to like oh these people aren't who they seem where it's like this very normal conversation and it's very like Carol Brady almost type character which I guess is why Stepford Wives pop into my head it's just this very put together okay. like like oh we're just so thankful we're taken care of like it's just this very like perfect housewife perfectly content and then like she turns to Housewife A, I wish I feel like it might be a net. One of them was a net, I think. But she turns and is like, like honestly, bringing them to our house or like something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And then like this creepy music creeps in, and it's like this great moment that feels straight out of like a '70s horror movie. So it's got like those kind of elements. Oh yeah, it was it was almost like um, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I think like, that's like there's some serious crazy shit going on, but no, 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 we're we're upper class and. We have our doilies and we have our, our nice dresses and exactly. You know, we're just we're just not going to draw attention to it. Yeah, yeah. So I really liked that. Like it takes these like like I said like seventies horror movie aspects, and then it takes like nineties political thriller aspects, and then it takes like procedural like TV procedures. Like you were saying at the beginning, like this episode is is looking for clues, putting the pieces together, solving a mystery. Like this is a procedural this I mean this could be an episode of without a trace with UFOs like it's sure. it's very um, of course without a trace was not around yet but like law and order I'm sure that that's been around for a million years that was started in the early 90s right I think so they're on like season 47 or something I mean you're joking but I wouldn't be surprised it's, <laughs> it's in the 20s certainly it's past 25 by now it's just back on clay tablets and papyrus <laughs> reeds but it might as well I mean 
procedurals have been around. They've certainly gotten much, much more popular since like CSI in the early nineties, yeah. but like they've been around since, since, uh, or CSI in the early two thousands, I mean, um, but they've been around since the eighties and nineties. Um, and so, yeah, this episode just very much so has like procedural elements, but then mix in a little sci-fi, mix in a little horror, mix in a little right. uh, political thriller, like mix in all of these different elements. To, so like I said, what will eventually be the X-Files genre, but I don't think in season one, I mean, in retrospect, you can call it that, but it hasn't built that. I would say like after the first X-Files movie, then you can kind of be like, okay, this is X-Files genre as far as when it established itself. Okay. Like, like in real time, when it established itself. Like, X-Files was established as a genre when they had their first movie. Um, and, of course, now, yeah, there are the episodes that there's X-Files genre. Of course it is. Like, you can retroactively sure, right. apply it. Um, but in the first season, it was just taking all these different elements and making it work. And, and man, they make it work. <laughs> like, it's oh, yeah. so good. Um, so for all of those reasons, I've, I've gone on for way too long. Um, but for all of those reasons, uh, both past Rachel and present Rachel, uh, without uh, any hesitation, I uh, gave this subcategory a 10 out of 10. Perfect. Wow. Genre tropes? Genre, yep. Genre tropes. I give it a 9 out of 10. So I guess that's pretty close. Pretty close. I, think I, I guess I answered wrong on that one. <laughs> what do you think about the dialogue? Um, past Rachel really liked it. I definitely, I, I guess I agree with past Rachel. Um, I'm really turning this into a weird thing. <laughs> I, I guess this is a four-person uh, review. I don't know. I don't really know how else to talk about it since it's such a weird situation. Um, but dialogue, I definitely love the the Mulder Scully scenes. Yeah. Um, and I think one thing that can be said for the Chris Carter scripts, um, he's definitely hit and miss as far as like premise goes like you definitely uh, we'll we'll get into it as the series progresses undoubtedly but like he has some really good episodes and he has some not very good episodes Um, but I think one thing that he almost always gets right no matter how bad the episode may be he almost always nails the dialogue yeah Um, especially between Mulder and Scully And, and I really thought he just excels tremendously in this one. Oh yeah um the dialogue in general was was pretty solid i definitely love like i was saying earlier as far as like all of the different plot elements and how well they work independently and how well they work together like that all goes into into plot structure but it also goes into like the dialogue that's a big part of why all those scenes work so well especially independently of the of the episode as a whole like you can look at the diner scene and just watch that scene on his own and be like man look at that Mulder Scully interaction and you could really see Scully's personality in the way she's in her she's like reacting to this situation and Mulder's conversation with the like waitress or diner owner whoever she is like all the interactions there are amazing um the interactions with Seth Green and and his girlfriend like those those other diner scene later on yeah that's true but yeah, like those scenes are phenomenal, um, and just the dialogue there, and again, just the the ways that Mulder and Scully react to these characters. Yeah. Um. So just and just phenomenal. I just loved the the dialogue throughout. Yeah, I I totally one hundred percent completely agree. Uh, there were some good Mulderisms, some good Scully Scullyisms. Yeah. Uh, there's also good dialogue from the extras, Seth Green. Wasn't an extra. It was a secondary character. Oh, secondary character. <laughs> well, excuse me, I didn't go to film school. I don't have a degree in film, so I don't know these things. Well, extras don't talk. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, it has that uh, back and forth, quick, witty, just, just X-Files feel. It just feels like X-Files. On season one, episode two, it feels like X-Files. That's that's still, to this day, blows my mind. I don't know how or why that works so well for X-Files and why it appears so rarely in other series. Yeah. But, man, they nailed it. It was so great so early on. And still, after seeing every single episode many, many times, this is still... I would say a perfect 10. 10 out of 10. I also gave it 10 out of 10. Um, Which I'll admit seems a teeny tiny bit high. If I was rating it today, I'd probably go to like a 9.5. But I'm not going to knock it down. And and I agree. It it is phenomenal. So I don't feel bad about giving it a 10. I'll I'll let past Rachel win this one. (laughs) So overall, overall for writing, I give it an 8.8 outstanding and I think that's I'm pretty happy with that what did you give it and what do you think about it I actually my original score was 8.8 but because I knocked up mythology and character development slightly I came out to 8.9 wow so I who gave perfect tens for everything that the pilot did you actually gave higher scores than me uh for the writing interesting only for uh Only by a tenth of a point, we'll phrase it that way, I guess. But yeah, I thought it was was really outstanding, and and I think especially considering that it's the second episode in the series, like it's just phenomenal, just the way we we talked a lot in the pilot about how it just came out of Chris Carter's head, fully formed like Athena, and it continues that, uh, that metaphor still holds up in the second episode. It's... Athena is still a theme. Right off the bat, yeah. So, for the technical category, what did you think about the acting and the casting of this episode? I really liked the acting and the casting. I thought that that um, David Duchovny. I almost forgot his name. I'm like Mulder, Mulder. What's his name? <laughs> uh, but I thought David Duchovny and and Gillian Anderson just did a phenomenal job. Again, especially considering this is the second episode out the gate and probably separated by several months from the pilot. Usually filming of the pilot takes place way before um, the series gets picked up for series. So surely yeah. there's a big gap. Um, so to be able to, you know, this is only the second week, essentially, that he's, he's played this character and with a big gap between and and, um, and, and with Julia Anderson too. Like they just embody these characters and just the like it's not just the line deliveries it's the facial expressions and like like i was saying with, with jillian anderson in the background of that yeah like, you can barely see her you can't even really see her facial expressions just her body language you can just tell what's going through her head um so i thought that that they were phenomenal uh, i also love seth green so him as a guest star is always, I'm always <laughs> like yeah this is the one with seth green um that was a big plus and i thought his performance was great um we've got deep throat i don't actually even know the actor's name i thought i thought i had it for a second and then it was gone he's in several episodes of x-files and also star trek the next generation yeah but i don't remember do you know his name why you gotta embarrass me like that (laughs) so i don't know his name but he's great um and it was his first episode this was 
you know, casting gets a little bit of a boost in my book for, for casting him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just phenomenal. But the acting and casting in especially like it, it was great for being the second episode of a series. It was great for being a TV show in the nineties, which historically did not have the best acting, um, yeah. especially this early in the nineties, like eighties TV was not a good time for TV largely because they act like there's a reason there's that stereotype of like, like, oh, man, actors don't want to do TV. They'll never go back to films because, right. like, TV was the place actors went to die, or at least their careers went to die. You're right. Um, which, thankfully, is not true anymore because, man, what a wealth. Like, TV's great. Like, it shouldn't be that way. And, right. and I think X-Files was one of the first shows that made it not that way. I mean, one of the things oh, that yeah. X-Files is known for is, is all the great guest stars that they had. Um, which was largely finding talent as opposed to like having big name guest stars, but still, um, and, and I think Seth Green is a great example of that. Even though he, I mean, he was a child actor, he was around long before this. Uh, but just that that ability to find talent and um, and showcase it in a time when when TV was not known for that, um, and to start this early and have such a, a good cast, and even the the housewives and the the pilots yeah. I thought that especially the pilots when they were like you know the guy plucking his hair out and doing the fly fishing like that was yeah. like perfect like I, I can't even describe it like it was just set the mood perfectly it was yeah, creepy it but authentic like it just and I don't even think he had any lines it was just his facial expressions yeah, yeah. if I recall I think authentic um, that's a that's a really excellent way of wording it thank you <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, I've gone on for for a bit too long, I think. But I thought the acting and casting was was really good. Yeah, I I agree. Um, the casting, like you said, everything is just I think very well cast. The housewives, the military dudes, the pilots, the uh, uh, even the, the 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 reporter. It's like, oh look at me, I'm a trustworthy guy. It's <laughs> like ah, haha, I screwed you all. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> um, I thought the casting was uh, really good. Uh, everything was very well acted, especially for like these, I guess, secondary characters because they had lines. Um, like the housewife who cries, housewife who turns to the other is like, "Really? Why are you? Why are you bringing this <laughs> on me? I'm just trying to, just trying to lay low and do my thing, and like, let's not bring the FBI in this, like." Everything was very well acted. Yeah. And uh, Scully and Mulder, uh, obviously, as always, amazing acting, amazing chemistry. Yeah. And again, for episode two, which, like you said, was probably months after the pilot was recorded. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. It's amazing. It is, in a single word, outstanding. I agree which is with why that. I give it a 9 out of 10. Fair enough. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, um, which I kind of feel like I could easily knock up a little bit since, since bumping it up wouldn't move it into the next category. It would still be outstanding. Okay. I'm going to leave it where it is because I think outstanding is a good way of phrasing it. Um, so I'm not going to disagree with past Rachel too much. <laughs> so I'll leave it at 8.5. Um, but yeah, it was outstanding easily. What did you think about the cinematography of this episode? That's, uh, it's kind of hard to say, uh, man. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess I'll, I'll jump right to the end. Uh, 7 out of 10 exceeds expectations. I think a large part of that is just because it's just X-Files. And, and almost by default, it's almost, yeah, almost by default, it's going to exceed expectations compared to other TV shows. Do you know that by episode two, though? Well, I did after watching episode <laughs> two. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, this is so different. And so unlike anything else, except maybe kind of sort of Twin Peaks, which I hadn't seen at the time. Yeah. Well, Twin, Twin Peaks was pretty obviously a heavy inspiration. But yeah, it's so, it so has that X-Files cinematography, especially yeah. that one scene that you mentioned earlier where Mulder is like looking up at the UFO and the shaft of light and, and, like everything is so framed perfectly. The mise en scene, <laughs> as the uh, film nerds like to call it, uh, was just just right on point. Everything was, uh, yeah. There's there's so many really great things about this episode. Yeah, that's why I give it a seven out of ten. Exceeds expectations. What did you think? Did this exceed your expectations? It, it exceeded my expectations and then went a little above that even. Um, I gave it a 9 out of 10, largely oh. because uh, because this was only the second episode. And I thought that the cinematography was fantastic. Um, of course, you have the classic X-Files lighting, um, which is definitely more dramatic than, than anything you saw on TV at the time. Yeah, um, the, darkers were, the darks were way darker. Mm -hmm. The lights were way lighter. Yeah, and even in things like, um, there's one scene where it's just Mulder and Scully walking up to, I think they're walking up to a house. When It might be when they're approaching the uh, the military guy's house, and he's like, no, get off my lawn. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just like broad daylight, but the, the shadows are so, like you can tell, it's just, it's noon, light coming yeah. from behind them, long shadows, like shadows on their faces. Like it's just, they're just out in the daylight, and there's stark lighting and and shadows and light and is that also the scene where it was very clearly handheld yes it, it felt I like almost so, yeah. like a like like an episode of the office but not in like a cringy weird way like see, more I like think, the episode more like the cops cops see and i was thinking it was going more for like for that procedural feel of like oh they're gonna try and interview this guy yeah. like i feel like procedurals get handheld and scenes like that a lot i think it was more more of that, but yeah, it was definitely, definitely got handheld almost to the point of, of feeling documentary or documentary spoof-ish or something. Right, like I'm going to show how handheld this is Yeah. by like juggling the cameras. It wasn't that bad. I kind of liked it. I, I did too. Um, I, I'm overstating. <laughs> I'm trying to make a joke. Yeah. But anyway, the lighting, um, you just don't see, like everything's all about the beauty shots and you know, like, oh, let's film it at magic hour inexplicably and have that soft light. Or let's yeah. film it at, you know, at when it's dark outside, you can get, or when it's overcast, like, you never have bright new light, um, which, which is fair. It's not the most beautiful light, but it's very realistic, and it worked in that scene really, really well. And it's just not the kind, like, even though, usually when you think of X-Files lighting and, and it being different than, than any other lighting, you think of the the flashlights and That's running true. through the forest yeah. and fog and things like that, which is also very, very X-Files and unlike things you saw. But even things like that, it's just like bright daylight, noon, letting the shadows show, 
you don't see stuff like that either. And and even now you don't. Um, yeah. So even though it's not the most beautiful, it was very realistic, uh, especially with the that's, handheld that's camera. Yeah. Um, really felt like you were in the scene and like and you felt the the tension of trying to talk to this guy and. Uh, also like the paparazzi or something of like just being right there trying to talk to this guy yeah, who's like, no, paparazzi. No. yeah that's a good way of thinking about it. yeah that's because it is like i said earlier it's very easy to forget that they're, they're just people doing their job especially yeah. scully at this point yeah. so yeah that's that's interesting that scene stood out for me just for that camera movement but yeah the lighting also that, that totally makes sense that's a good point um and then of course you have like the you know, the scene where the, the helicopter is, like, chasing them, and there's some, some oh, great, yeah. great lens flares, and, and class, like, that's when you get into more of the, like, oh, this is classic X-Files. It's not classic kicks, it's only the second episode, <laughs> but it's classic X-Files. Um, and just, like, you know, running through the forest at night, or I guess it wasn't, it was more the side of a road or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, running around at night. Um, you know, stuff like that I thought was really well lit. I just really liked um, the lighting overall. One of the only things that kept it from from a perfect 10 for me, there were things like the end scene with, with Mulder and Deep Throat was shot in very, very tight close-ups. And it was really was awkward. It? There were a few times when it zoomed way out. No, because... A lot of well, that scene I, I, was I shot. finish what you're saying. A lot of the scene was shot in very, very tight close-ups. Um, you know, it's shot reverse shot. Oh, Mulder and his sweaty face. Yeah, we're both of us. I think you said it the first time we watched it, and then I said it the second time we watched it. I'm like, wipe your face, Mulder. Yeah, like clearly uh, key grip number two, or I, I don't know what <laughs> key grip is, or best boy, or I don't know what those things are. I assume they're the people who spray people with water <laughs> bottles to make them look like they've been working out. But this, like, good golly, wipe your face, man. Yeah, it was extreme. You're, you're, you're almost drowning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that scene, even though I really liked when they, like, zoomed way out and you see, like, the yeah. tiny little figures on the track, uh, I thought the, the wider shots were, were great and really well-framed, but then those yeah. extreme close-ups were, were unnecessary, and especially for if it was just a couple shots sprinkled in, you know, to get some emotion through or whatever the case may be. Uh, but it just seems unnecessary and not particularly visually appealing, especially with all that face sweat. Like, come on, Mulder. <laughs> um, which I guess that's a little bit more into aesthetics. But um, that was... Yeah, it's, it's one of those reasons. things, like, you don't have to look like a supermodel, but just don't look like a dude who is sprayed by a water bottle. <laughs> like, that's what our cats look like when they jump on the <laughs> furniture or something. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. That was... I agree that was a little unpleasant. But even aside from the face sweat, just the the extreme close-ups were, were too extreme. In any case, uh, did you already give your final score? Did you say 7 out of 10? I did, for cinematography, 7 okay. out of 10. I did 9 out of 10. Uh, what did you think about editing special effects? Editing and special effects. So that's kind of interesting, because special effects for this one were lights. I think, yeah. as far as I can tell, lights and the UFO... Which Glass shattering a, a few times, which is a practical yeah. effect, but still, I would. Okay. Yeah, I never know where to put those. If that should be more aesthetics or editing or camera work. Yeah, it's hard it's to say. It's not really camera work. Anyway, yeah. I thought that was all pretty good, especially for the time. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to mess up moving lights. 
Especially when they're supposed to feel otherworldly. Yeah. Like, if they feel unnatural, like, that's actually a good thing. Um, I do want to point out, this is the first time we see the opening sequence. Yeah. Which still stands the test of time. And oh, yeah, still, there's, there's a reason they pretty much never changed it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's feel, it still feels right there in my heart. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, nothing stood out as bad, editing-wise or special effect-wise. And like I said, we got the opening sequence. I don't think this required too much special effects. Lights and apparently shattering glasses. Or glass that shattered. Yeah, the, the back of the car. Oh, that's right. When Scully's napping at 9 yeah. o'clock p.m. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I thought this was... Um, I really liked the editing and special effects. Nothing stood out as bad. Everything that I noticed was good, so I gave it a pretty high score. But I won't say which until you tell me what you thought about the editing and special effects. Um... I gave it a fairly high score as well. Um, I agree with everything you said about the the special effects. Um, I definitely thought, especially for the time, that that they did a really good job with it. I love the opening scene or the opening credits. Um, other than that, I thought the the editing was was fairly standard. Um, I did like the the way the opening scene, like the teaser scene, was shot. I felt like that did. Did a pretty good job. Oh, the SWAT of, team, the military police. Yeah, and I thought that that did a pretty good job of balancing like the quick edits and the movements, and you know the holding off on when we see uh, the the guy. Yeah. Um, which, which a lot of that is is in the directing as well, but um, I've always said I think editing and directing are are much more closely tied than people realize. Um, so, so yeah, I thought the, the opening scene was, was edited fairly well. Um, other than that, I feel like there must have been something else that I, I noted to give it the score that I did, um, cause it seems a little bit high, but I'll hold to it. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Oof. Or at least past Rachel gave it that and, and I'm going to go with it. Well, if that's a little bit hi then be prepared to hear that i gave it a nine because i gave it a nine <laughs> all right so the next subcategory is going to be sound and music and this is one um i i knew pretty early on into the episode that i was going to change my <laughs> score pretty significantly because <laughs> um, i remember why i gave it what i gave it and i think i was much too harsh um so that said what did you think of this before I before I explain further? Sound and music, um, it was it was all right. It um, it had a little bit of X Files feel to it. Uh, it was definitely not like the most that X Files can be. Yeah. It still had a little bit of the uh, sound and music of its time, but very very little compared to other early episodes. But it just it just kind of lacked that X-Files sound and music. But it was still better than other things, which is a very roundabout way of saying that it's better than meets expectations, <laughs> but less than outstanding. And I'll, yeah. I'll leave you to guess what that could possibly mean. <laughs> well, past Rachel um, pretty much agreed with you, I'm guessing, 
Um, I originally gave this score a 6.5 out of 10, which is still okay. a decent score. That's respectable. Um, and I know that the reason I did not give it a higher score was because of the the uh, 90s procedural synth music oh, yeah. that, that we do for sure get a few times. But I think the first time we rewatched this episode, I was so focused on just that one thing that I missed yeah. a lot of other things going on with the sound design. Because um, even within the music, there the music is kind of split 50-50 between the not-so-great, pretty generic, and super 90s music. But then there's also, like, this recurring, almost metallic-y, like... Not quite metallic, or almost like a uh, um, theremin, almost, but okay. not at all. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but also not even a little bit like that. <laughs> um, or maybe almost like like a bell, except, I don't know, there's something metallic-y, like these long, drawn-out, metallic-y sounds that showed up here and there. And one of the, one of the best times that it showed up was that scene we were talking about earlier, where it's like... Honestly, why did you bring the FBI to my house? And like as she says that, mm. this like creepy, drawn out, like foreign alien-ish music starts to play and it really makes it feel like like what we were saying before, like with the, the 70s paranoia horror movies of like oh. Rosemary's Baby or or uh, Stepford Wives, something like that, of like like, oh, this scene that seems super normal now suddenly feels super alien in both senses of the word, <laughs> as far as, like, foreign and supernatural, um, or extraterrestrial, I should say. Um, so, and, and that same kind of music showed up several times, like, far more often than the, than the bad music. It was just much more subtle also. So it wasn't that noticeable, but it was really effective, and I don't think I heard it at all the first time. Or if I did hear it, huh. I instantly forgot it because of the bad music. Um, yeah, I'm not super sure what sound you're talking about, so I guess I didn't notice it. Yeah, it's pretty subtle. Um, I'll, I'll keep an ear out for it next time I watch this episode. Yeah, because it's almost like it's almost a sound effect, but used in a way that music is used, so I don't even huh. quite know. I mean, it's definitely the score, um, but the way it's used is, is kind of like a sound effect also. Like, it's it's kind of one of those things that's the, a bit of a cross between a sound effect and, and music. Um, but it was really effective. I really liked it. So I think I was a little bit too harsh on the music. Um and then that said, even aside from the music, there's things like um, the every time an aircraft flies overhead, like you get that great sound effect. Oh yeah. And then like the glasses will rattle yeah, yeah. in the diner. Um, so there's a decent amount of um, just just the kind of normal sound design that you get that's pretty well done, um, especially for a very low budget second episode of a series. You know. I know that's so crazy. I have to keep reminding myself this is the second episode of a tv series in the 90s that had a very low budget yeah yeah like that's insane how much they accomplished with so little oh yeah i don't know how that happened i did did the actors get paid probably not that much <laughs> for the first couple seasons were they just paid in craft services <laughs> they also say i believe they saved a significant amount of money by by filming in canada they were one oh. of the first TV shows to do that, and I think that really 
saved them a ton of money, which is why yeah, like every show for a while in the nineties was filming in Canada. Cha-ching. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so I originally gave Sound of Music a six point five, which I think is just way too low. And I know like just a couple of categories ago I said I wouldn't bump up the score if it didn't knock it into another category as far as like exceeds expectations or outstanding. Uh, but I think a 6.5 is definitely way too low. So I'm going to bump that up to a 7.5. I'm going to give it a, oh, a whole extra point. A um, 10% boost. I mean, there was just, I just got so stuck on the, on the bad synth, which, which yeah. is bad. And that does keep it from getting into that outstanding range still. I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's very dated though. I mean, that's what makes it bad, because so much of X-Files is not dated, and then you hear that music, and bam, yeah. you know when it was made. Um, and the aesthetics get into that a little bit, too, though not too bad in this episode. Um, and it just, and I think it's just, uh, it's not true to X-Files, which, which is not necessarily fair to say, because this was the second episode. <laughs> uh, but knowing where it goes, and knowing that there is, I kind of like what we're saying with genre, like, this is going to be a distinct right. thing eventually it's not quite there yet um but that that procedural music just is not x-files um so what did you uh what was your you already said it was in the exceeds expectations range but did not give it a score what did you give sound and music it's a solid seven out of ten solidly exceeds expectations for sound and music Fair enough. Uh, what did you think of, of the aesthetics for this episode? Uh, it's so tricky with the early X-Files episodes because this is another thing where like there's aesthetics relative to everything else and aesthetics relative to X-Files. And aesthetics relative to everything else in the early 90s, which is yeah. also something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, I like the diner scenes. That seems like a very, like, folksy, homey, Americana kind of thing. Yeah. And I like the military bases, and I like the, the housewives and the military homes. And, like, the makeup was all really good. The sets were all really good. But nothing really stood out as too bad or too good. I... Uh, I almost have a hard time justifying this, but I would have a harder time justifying anything else, if that makes sense. Okay. I think this meets expectations. This is a 5 out of 10 for me. Wow. That is significantly lower than what I gave it. Although I am looking at past Rachel's score and thinking it's a tiny bit too high, but not that much too high. Um, I thought, I, I think especially the, the environmental aesthetics, like you were talking about, like this, the sets and locations and uh -huh. props, like, you know, the props, like the, the pictures of the, the UFOs and the diner and you have the, um, just the, the diner in general had a really great feel to it, yeah. like you were saying, um, all the houses that they go to felt really authentic. Um, yeah, so I really liked, like, those kinds of, and you get the, the air, air base and, and Mulder running around, like, it's not quite a forest, but it's close enough, still feels X-Files-y, so, you know, I liked all of that stuff, and then as far as the, um, the more character aesthetics of, of hair, makeup, and costumes, like, 
yeah, now we're getting into that iffy early nineties dated yeah. kind of period. Especially when, when Mulder and Scully get in their street clothes, which, which I complained <laughs> I complained a lot in the pilot episode about how much time they spent in their street clothes and how much they need to just be in suits all the time. Um, and this episode is a little bit more of a little bit more of a, a balance. Um and, and they're um weirdly I thought I, I I took more offense to Mulder's street clothes. Um, it just looked what? really just baggy clothes and didn't really didn't seem fitting for his character. Um, I don't know. I just didn't like his street clothes. And Scully was just. I, mean, I did she, not see that coming. Scully looks a little bit like like Laura Dern in Jurassic Park or something with that <laughs> denim shirt, but you know, same year, so it makes sense. But uh. I mean, it's just, it's the 90s. What are you going to do? Like, I, I wish they had worn suits a little bit more, but it wasn't that bad. Um, and I did like the the housewives and their outfit. Like I said, they have like a very Carol, or at least the housewife number two that we see. <laughs> like, she was very Carol Blonde Brady. housewife, yeah. Yeah, she was very, very, I don't know, Carol Brady, just just for whatever reason. That's what, what comes to mind instantly. Um, so yeah, so I, so I loved their look. It had like a Stepford Wives ishness to it, without being that. So yeah, so I liked that quite a bit. Um, so yeah, it was it was a little bit of a hit and miss for me, but overall, I thought it was it was still definitely I I, I would say it was outstanding. I gave it an eight point five, um, but it does seem admittedly a teeny bit too high. But I'm not gonna knock it down. I'll I'll agree with with past Rachel on this one. Wow, I think that's the largest difference that we've had. But with this episode for sure, yeah. Yeah. So what did you think overall for the technical category? So overall, I originally gave it an eight point two, which is outstanding. Um, and then it, it actually got bumped up to an eight point four overall, uh, which is still outstanding. Uh, I thought it was it was really great. Not quite as good as the writing, but definitely a, a solid, well-made episode of X-Files. Wow. For technical, it came out to 7.4. Okay. A much bigger Still exceeds ex- expectations, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Memorability. What did you think about the memorability of this episode? Uh, this is a little bit of a weird episode because, like, there are certain things that I remember really, really well. But a lot of, like, I was talking a lot within, like, plot structure, how there's all these different elements to the plot. And I feel like I remember all of the different elements and don't necessarily remember that they all belong to the same episode. Right. Like, like Seth Green, I know he's in an episode and I know it's early and I always forget it's this early. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'll see his name in the credits. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's this early. He's in the second episode. It's this early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It didn't surprise me this time because we just watched it like two months ago. But but it did surprise me when we originally rewatched it. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I knew he was in an episode. I didn't forget that. And I remembered all of his scenes from the episode. I just didn't remember that it was like, oh, yeah, this is also the episode where Deep Throat gets introduced for the first time. Like, oh, yeah, this is also the episode with that creepy opening scene. I remember that opening scene really well. Didn't remember that was in the first episode with Deep Throat. And even the diner scene. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that great exchange with Mulder and Scully and the waitress at the diner. Like, Like, there's a lot of elements that I remember really, really well. Um, but for some reason, they don't uh, cohese in my memory and be like, oh, yeah, I remember right. this whole yeah. episode. Um, so it's a little bit hit and miss. It's definitely very memorable, 
and yet disjointedly memorable, if that makes any sense. Oh, that totally makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I gave memorability, I gave it a 7 out of 10, which is right in the middle of exceeds expectations. I didn't really feel like I could go too much higher, uh, largely because it is, it's just it's pieces that I remember as opposed to the whole. Um, and as far as like the plot of the episode, it's it's not... I mean, it's memorable because it adds to the mythology, but it's not like, like I'm going to watch an episode of X-Files. I know which one I'm going to watch. <laughs> this one. Like, it's, it's not. Right, sure. Yeah, and, and I'm sure if I remembered all of like, if I remembered, like, oh, yeah, that's the one with Seth Green. That's a good episode. Or if I remembered, like, oh, yeah, we, well, I guess I would remember that we see Deep Throat for the first time because that's the name of the episode. But, you know, right. like, there's just, if I could put all the pieces together, I probably would rewatch this episode much more often. Um, but for some reason, it just doesn't, uh, like I said, it's not cohesive that way for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean about the cohesiveness and, like, remembering the elements. Like, I totally remember Seth Green, and I remember the guy huddled up, like, yeah. shaking and shivering with his radiation burns or whatever in the early scene. And and uh, I remember Scully being Scully and Mulder being Mulder. <laughs> and that scene with the shaft of light from the UFO, Mulder getting not abducted by aliens, but captured by the military, I guess. Like, there's so many memorable things, but it is... I, I agree that for some reason they don't cohese. That's, yeah. I think, I think you, you, you picked the best word. Um, so I get that, and I'm not really sure why. I think maybe it's just because we see all these elements so many times. Maybe. And and I don't mean that as a criticism, because they're all good on their own on their own, and they're all good together. But yeah, I agree. This is kind of a weird one because I I definitely remember watching it many many times, and I will watch it in the future many many times. Yeah. But there's there's always like a little a little brief second where I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah yeah, that's this episode. That's right. Exactly. But this overall. Despite all that, exceeds expectations, and I give it a 7 out of 10 for memorability. All right, so we're, we're agreed on that one. Uh, what did you think of overall enjoyment? Uh, that's another one that's kind of tricky, because I enjoy it because it's X-Files, and it's all the things that X-Files is good at, and it's all the things that I want from X-Files, but... Like with the memorability, there's like bits and pieces that don't, I, I don't know, I feel like I enjoy these bits and pieces more in other episodes. There's other episodes that do these bits and pieces better, but I still really enjoy this, and especially for episode two of a yeah. series, that's insane. Right. And especially relative to everything else that was on TV, that's insane. Yeah. It's just, it's just insane that X-Files existed that's crazy <laughs> yeah uh and and i really enjoy that and i really enjoy this episode um it's also kind of funny looking back what 25 years later like remember when people used paper and and they would print phone numbers on paper <laughs> and people would sell pictures of ufos on paper and they had maps on paper you remember <laughs> paper it's crazy kids these days won't even get that reference um there's a lot of things I really enjoy about this, but I think the nature of this episode as sort of a, a gathering clues and 
talking to this person and talking to that person. It's just a little slow. So compared to so many other enjoyable episodes of X-Files, it kind of balances out. And for me, it's a 5 out of 10 meets expectations. Wow. I, I agree with, with everything you said, but I was, uh, I guess I enjoyed it a little bit more than you, despite the, the things that were a little less enjoyable. Um, like I love, I love the scenes with Sentry and they're just fun oh, yeah. and, and just seeing, seeing Mulder's reaction where he's like so into it. Like, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> and Scully's reaction of like, oh, brother. Like she might as well huh. just roll her eyes and, and pull a Liz Lemon with the, with the way she was looking at them. Like it was just great. And the diner scene was the same. Like I, I really like, like the character study of this hmm. episode, like seeing the different reactions learning about these characters and, and for the first time essentially like realizing that the second episode and you know, so there's a lot of things from that perspective that I really really like um and even the mythology like seeing you know this is the first time we're introduced to a government conspiracy like there were aliens in the first episode but I, I would argue that government conspiracies are a much bigger part of X-Files than aliens. I mean, they're tied. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're intrinsically tied in X-Files. Oh, yeah. um, but the focus, I think, gets more and more on what is the government hiding? What are they doing? What is the what is the conspiracy? As opposed to what are the aliens up to? Um, so this introduces mm. that, which which I find, and that goes into more like the, the mythology and character um, development section. But um, I, I find that enjoyable. Uh, but all of that said, I, I definitely agree that that it's not as like especially when you mm. look at it in within the lens of what episodes are coming up and, and what do I like in the next follow episode, what do I dislike, um, where does this fall as far as the most enjoyable episode or the least enjoyable episode? You know, looking at it more from that perspective, um, it definitely gets a little bit of a lower score. Um, so for me, it was a six point five out of ten. Uh, so it's bumped into the exceeds expectations, but is on the border. And uh, I, I couldn't really go too much higher than that because of some of the, um, not necessarily flaws, but just the, the weaknesses compared to other episodes. Uh, did you give this episode any extra credit? I did give this episode extra credit. I have three points of extra credit for three different reasons. Okay. Do you remember what they are? I don't have to remember because I took notes when well, I watched this. La-di-da. And I said that very loudly. <laughs> Uh, yes, I did give this episode three points of extra credit for three different reasons. This episode just brought up things that seem absolutely crazy and preposterous. First of all, Mulder's talking on the phone and they're like, oh no, the government's tapping our phones. What? The government tapping our phones? That's crazy talk. There's no way that could happen. That is pure sci-fi. That's crazy. That's insane. One point of extra credit. <laughs> and then Seth Green shows up as like a stoner dude? What? No way. That's impossible. That's crazy talk. That was like crazy times 25 years ago. No way Seth Green could be like a stoner guy. No way. Impossible. Why was that One hard point to extra credit. back then? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> and then Seth Green is talking, talking about uh, the government preparing for Gulf War II. To take down uh, Saddam and his palaces? No way. That's crazy talk. No way that could happen. The, the, everyone is crazy. That's preposterous. Crazy times. Extra point of extra credit. All right. 
crazy times. Yeah. <laughs> so much insane, crazy, uh, conspiracy theory, uh, totally out there, totally <laughs> divorced from reality, crazy times, three points extra credit. <laughs> All right. How about you? Did you give any extra credit for this episode? I did. I originally gave it one point of extra credit, which I am nearly positive, but not certain because I did not leave notes. Um, but I believe that was just for Seth Green, <laughs> which which I, I, I hold to. And if that's not what I gave it for, that's what I'm giving it for now. Um, and then I added a second point of extra credit um, for something that I just thought of and forgot. Was it uh, more of the writing? Oh, I remember now. I came back. Um, the uh, that one of the most iconic shots of the of the entire franchise is in the second episode. Um, yeah. The shot of Mulder looking up yeah. at the UFO. Um, and it's particularly I don't know if ironic is quite the right word, but um, interesting maybe or I don't know. Um, funny, I guess. <laughs> it's one of the most iconic shots in the entire series. It's this early on, and yet. Mulder can't remember it. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that sucks for him. Yeah, the next time we see him, he's like, his, his shoelaces are totally undone. His, his like, clothes are like, so disheveled and stumbling around. Like, like, like Frankenstein, except being made of the most beautiful parts of people. It's just, like, <laughs> a bunch of body parts stumbling around. That's actually a movie. Oh. Um, it's probably based on this episode. You never know. Didn't actually come to life, though. Anyway, um, so so what was your total score? Uh, yeah, so total score for this episode was 73.5. Exceeds expectations. I actually feel pretty good about that score. I feel like this exceeds expectations, but not... It's not outstanding. Yeah, But it's I agree. it's pretty solid. It's It exceeds plus, which... Would be a 75 or a 73.5. All right. Um, I originally gave this episode a 77.25, but then I I bumped it up a little bit. Largely, this is mostly because of the one extra point of extra credit. It really didn't get bumped up too much from anything else, Um, but it ended up being a 79 even. Um, oh. which, which exceeds expectations, but it is really close to, to getting into that outstanding range. But like you were saying, I feel pretty good about, about keeping it on, on this side of the line. Because <laughs> um, I, I don't think I would, I would feel okay calling this episode outstanding. Um, it's not quite there. Um, but I would agree that it's close. It's definitely, it's a strong episode from a lot of standpoints. It just misses the mark. When it comes, I think that cohesion, like it just kind of misses the mark as right. far as, and, and even the, I mean, the plot structure is solid. All these different parts do come together, like as you're watching the episode, but there's just something in the aftermath. Like once the episode's over, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I remember this little piece. Oh yeah, I remember this little piece. Right. And it's just not very memorable in general. And it's not, um, it, it loses a little bit of enjoyment um, for, for all the reasons we've already discussed. I think that's a good way of, thinking about it, it misses the mark, right? It's not a bullseye. It's not a perfect bullseye, but it's like three or four darts that are pretty darn close. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that I, that totally makes sense. I agree with that. All right. Uh, well, was there anything else you would like to add about this episode? Nope. 
All right. So that's going to wrap up our discussion of season one, episode two, Deep Throat. Be sure to join us next week to continue this rewatch. We'll be talking about season one, episode three, Squeeze, uh, which we are super, super excited about. We've, of course, already filmed it or recorded it since this is a little bit of a, of a wonky order. Uh, but it's going to be a really good one. I'm excited to get that out there. Um, and uh, if you're interested in learning how you can help support Gritty Films, you can check out the Patreon account over at patreon.com slash grittyfilms. And if you can subscribe and like and review and share this, this podcast, all that good stuff, it'd be super, super appreciated. I talked longer than the theme I was playing, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. And thanks so much for listening.